Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. Welcome to today's episode of the Post Sunday Podcast. This podcast is an extension of Genesis Church located in Orlando, Florida. Every Sunday, you can attend one of our three amazing services at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m. Or if you don't live in Florida, you can stream live on Facebook and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando. You can also watch on demand and as always, follow us all week long on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and X at Post Sunday Podcast. And also, make sure to subscribe to listen every week on Spotify and iTunes. Now, for today's episode, here are your hosts, Pastor Johnny Sierra and Pastor Tim Grandstaff. Post Sunday Podcasters, you know what it means when you hear my voice first. I am in the captain's seat this week. My name is Tim Grandstaff. I am the lead pastor here at Genesis Church, and I am on the boat with my co-captain, who is in the other seat today. The hot seat. We call him Johnny Fuego, because right. he's on fire. Let's go. Let's go. I'm bringing heat today. Nothing changes about my approach. We are bringing heat. Yeah, but you're... Uh, you're your your posture has changed a little bit. No, it has not. It always I am changes. Chill. On that side I am of the relaxed. Table. Right? You're, you're you're trying to find <laughs> things and 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 listen. Yeah, this I I this this one's been a challenge for me, but I'll I'll, I'll reveal to you why uh, later as we go on. We are in season two, episode eight, and. You're good at this. Yeah. You've been on this ride with me. It but has. when you get in I, that seat, I see just a little bit like, Man, no. Nah. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I you it. know what? Like, I have confidence, but I also, like, I'm fully trusting in all that God wants to do, man. Like, that is full dependency. Uh, that is the, uh, I'm not invincible. <laughs> I, you know, and so that's, that's the beauty. It keeps me level-headed. But, man, I'm telling you, we've been drinking from a water hose these past few weeks and you know I'm just trying to take in as much as I can and 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 I don't want to drop the ball here I want to make sure our listeners get some good stuff you need the right perspective today <laughs> the right perspective is this you are batting cleanup yeah it's true it's at the end of the month <laughs> it's four weeks into February Mark was here I was on tap Chad was on chat yeah. tap leading off and you are you are in the fourth spot Ready to bring us Let's all go. home. Bases loaded. We're about to hit that grand slam, baby. That's what we're waiting Let's for. Today. Go <laughs> That's what today is all about. So for all of you Love that it. are watching, listening, however you are joining us on the Post Sunday podcast, uh, we welcome you. If this is your first time, we want you to know that this is an extension of Genesis Church. Uh, you don't have to go to Genesis Church to be a part of this podcast, to listen to it, to subscribe, uh, to watch us on YouTube. This is really a discipleship piece. Yeah. 
this is an opportunity for us to take what we do preach on Sundays, uh, God's word, the stories that we find, and then expound upon them in this podcast. And so this year is 52 weeks with Jesus, the way of the Messiah. So it's all things Jesus, who he was, who he claimed to be, who the writers claimed he was, what he did, his miracles, uh, his healings, his teachings, his death, burial, resurrection. And so if you are just wanting to learn about Jesus and unpack all things Jesus, then you have found the right place. We welcome you. We are glad you're here. You can find us on all of our social media accounts, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. YouTube um, and on X yep. and also on TikTok. And so all of those are available for you uh, to be a part of, to follow along with us, to get extra content along the way. Today's episode from my man, Johnny Fuego, is all about leadership, yeah. which I think a lot of people like to lean into. Yes. Really the Jesus model of leadership, right? What does that look like? What is that about what what do we learn in scripture? Because all of us are leaders to some capacity. Yes. In some way, whether we realize it or not. However, yesterday in Genesis, you came right out with a punch. You always tell me I come out guns blazing. But when you come out and you just say, you are not a leader, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, I remember coming to you a few days prior and I was like, Tim, what do you think about this, man? It is, it's, 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 I'm, 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 I'm kind of, that's what's generating within me, man. Um, but as I continue to study, you know, our portion of scripture that, that we, we went through in the book of Mark chapter 10, 32 through 45, uh, it really, uh, there was this misconception like of leadership and it's like, and it's like, we need to talk about that. Because leadership is uh, is 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 a completely different. Jesus brought a completely different model to leadership than what we are seeing right now, currently in our system, in our culture, and uh, we need to talk about that. Because if, if 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 you're going to be a leader, you need to understand what leadership is all about. And and the one thing that we dove right in was into servant leadership, and that was. It's big. It's big. It's not talked about enough. Um, and, and I just, I, I think that for every leader, that needs to be the criteria that I am, that I am living by. Am I serving first? As I serve, then I lead. I think that some people have, as you said, a misconception. Yeah. Because uh, people don't realize, A, what leadership is. Yeah. Some think they're leaders when they're not because of a title or position that they hold on to. Um, so they think that automatically gives them leadership authority. Yeah. And then there are the people that just want to stiff arm it. I don't want to be a leader. I don't, I don't want to do that. However, when you come and follow Jesus, yeah. inevitably he is calling you to lead, right? We learned this, that the rabbi's ultimate goal is to turn around and look at you and say, now you do what I did. Yep. And for many people following Jesus, they're okay with the following Jesus part. They struggle with the ability to turn around and lead for Jesus. Right. And, and I think that the passage of scripture that we're in for this episode, yeah. for where we're going today, for those that are wanting to be better leaders, 
those that are wanting to lead better in the home, better fathers, better husbands, better wives, better mothers, better grandparents, better students, better teammates, better bosses, whatever it is, this is vital. It is to how God really wants to use you. So we're going to dive in. If you're with us today, we're in Mark chapter 10. And so we are uh, in a passage of scripture where Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. A very important passage of scripture, I believe, as we are marching, at least in this moment. One thing I want everyone to know is that we're not chronologically going through the life of Jesus this year. So 52 weeks in the way of the Messiah is not set up that way from the birth to the resurrection. We, we are, we are kind of just in different pockets and pieces all throughout the year. So currently this context has Jesus on his way to Jerusalem for his final week. Yes. Okay. And it says that Jesus was walking ahead of them. All those that were following and the disciples um, in verse 32, and they were amazed And those who followed were afraid. So we have fear and we have amazement in the same passage. And taking the 12 again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will arise. That's the opening segue to where we will end up. But there's some pieces in this I think people need to understand and pay attention Yeah, to. we didn't touch a lot into it uh, on Sunday uh, because the bulk of what we wanted to talk about was a servant leadership and what that looked like. And uh, the next passages, which was James and John that approached Jesus. But there is tension running high. Um, Jesus is getting ready to to give his life on the cross. There's uh, Death is coming his way. And, um, and this is his third time predicting his death. And, uh, each of the two times he's, he's, uh, he's given glimpses, but this particular one, he goes more in depth than the others, where it's going to happen, who's going to do it, how it's going to be done. But he also lets them know what the result is going to be. Right. And it blows my mind. And, and, and I, I guess these disciples are just victims of their environment, right? Because they're just, they're feeding off of the tension happening, the commotion happening. Jesus is popular. Jesus is gaining attention. Jesus is the Messiah. So everything we've interpreted the Messiah to be could be possibly getting done now. Like there is this like, oh my gosh, this is really going to happen. Yeah, because... We understand that the Jewish nation was under oppression from, from the Roman government. And they were seeking and desiring a Messiah to come and overthrow the leadership. And so that level of excitement's like, oh, man, something's getting ready to happen. So like you said, there's a level of amazement, but there's also a level of fear. How bloody is this going to be? How how crazy is this going to be, right? Um, how chaotic is this going to be? Uh, we don't know. Um, and so you're kind of, you're left in that, in that little scene right there. But it's, it's, it's beautiful to really touch on that because the Bible specifically says that Jesus was walking ahead of the disciples, on, almost mission-minded, right, with a purpose. And I love that, man, because as we've talked these last two weeks, is, 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 is Jesus' life, does it have purpose, we see it not only in the things he's speaking, but his body language. 
I am going towards my purpose. I am going towards what God has ultimately called me to do. I'm not running away from this, right? I'm going right ahead. And it amazes the disciples because it's, there's just, there's so much happening around them. Yet there is a level of, 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 of a levelness within Christ and a determination to go after what, what his true purpose was. I think what's fascinating in this piece of the passage yeah. is that, as we know, great leaders are great learners, right? So to be a great leader, you must be a great learner. Yeah. You must be willing to absorb things like a sponge all around you. Yeah. You know, a coach can look at his team and look in the eyes of players and know who's with them yeah. and who's not. Who is, who, is, who is lasered into what's taking place, what he's telling them to do, and he knows, I have confidence in this person. They're going to go out and, and do this. If I draw up a play, they are locked in, they are loaded, and they are going to go out and they're going to play their role to make this possible. That's what great leaders do. They learn and they absorb as much as they possibly can. Yeah. However, what is humorous in this passage is that this is not the first time that Jesus tells no, him this. Crazy. He tells him this in Mark 8 and Mark 9. Yeah, catching it. Right? Three times, which is ironic, right? There's yeah. the number three. Yeah. But three times on the way to Jerusalem, he gives them a step-by-step, you Pitch. might say prophecy, <laughs> but it was verbatim. Spot on. Right? It was spot on. He didn't mince it. He didn't, he didn't kind of land on it. He didn't like, oh, stumbling. Oh, that's, that's coincidence. He said this might happen, and this happened, and if you put them together, they look like they match. Everything he told them that was going to happen happened verbatim. Yeah. But he had to do it three times, which, while it's funny to me that it takes three times for them to maybe get it, amazed and afraid, right? We live that way. How many times does it take us? Exactly. How many times, you know, we're, we're, what did you learn as a child, your parents? And what do you do as a parent? You count to what? Yeah. Three, <laughs> you know, one, two, three, you better get over here. I'm a way to <laughs> I don't out. even give my kids three right. now. Exactly. Boy, we're on two right you now. Stop and you're, <laughs> don't let me get to two. Right. <laughs> and yet here's the disciples. It takes three times. Yeah. And I still don't know if they get it because what yeah. we're going to look at today However, what it does for all of us is I think it allows us to not relax. We are not here to relax on anything. There is a purpose and mission to why you have breath in your lungs. However, to to approach becoming a leader more realistically, that it does take time. Sometimes you have to hear things over and over again. This is yeah. part of the podcast, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we preach this stuff on Sunday in our church, but we come back to the podcast and then we have like Mark's book, Quest 52. So we have multiple opportunities for you to read it and digest yeah. it because it may take a few times before you finally, you don't just absorb it, but you're able to to understand it. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard it said many times and I always I always fall back on this, but not, not everything has to be a revelation. It could be a reminder. That's good. And like for us, man, we come to service and and we come to church or we come to a a, a spiritual place and we want this revelation. We want something to just like come down from heaven and this manna like, you know, um, blessing to come down upon us. But it could be a simple reminder of, hey, listen, like this is you got to get your life straight. Hey, listen, your interpretation of leadership is not is not what I want you to model. 
It's just it's just reminders. It's pockets of reminders, and it's funny that even God continued to remind the Israelites, remember what I have done for you, because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to fall back into our structure, quote-unquote, of life, and uh, and, and, and what we think is, is right, um, and, and it's just it's one of those things. We need to be reminded of that. But I love what you said about leaders are learners, man. I was with my son uh, yesterday in the soccer field, and one of the coaches is teaching him some skill drills, and he's having such a hard time doing it. But And I leave him, right? You know, the father in me wants to come in and try to, try to do something about it. But he goes directly to the coach, and he says, Coach, I need you to show me how to do this again. He did that two times. And then after, after, after the, the, the practice was done, I looked at him, I said, Mike, I'm super proud of you for doing that. I want you to approach life like that. I try to find nuggets, man, where I can just toss in life, life, uh, lessons in him. And I said, you need to look at life like that. Well, there's, like you there's did with a your discipline coach. factor to yeah. this, right? Mm-hmm. Even in leadership. And you know, this from your, your own background, mm-hmm. it's, it's, if you, you know, being in weightlifting and all that stuff for yourself, if you want progress, it's repetition. Yeah. Right? It's it's daily, a routine in the gym, but then there's the reps, right? And the reps matter. Yes. And so spiritually, it's the same way. Sometimes it's a daily routine that you wake up and you go, I don't know if I want to go to the gym today, right? But you know, like, half the battle is just getting there. Yeah. I don't know if I want to open up God's word today. Half the battle is waking up and getting into God's word, yeah. right? And then it's the repetitions, you know. Yeah, some days true. it's more, some days it's less, it's but the goal is progress. And that's what happens with leadership. Leadership is all about progress. Yeah. And so we have this moment, and then all of a sudden things change. And this is really where you sat in on yeah. Sunday for us. This is the meat for us, yeah. You get James and John, the sons of Zebedee, whom we know Jesus called as, as fishermen. Um, and they come up to Jesus with a question. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Now, let's just realize that's so loaded. Can you imagine that being worded that way to Jesus? However, I think we do that when we pray, right? Like, I'm oh, praying yeah. today. I want you to do whatever I that ask is of a you. De- de- right? That is a, de- a depictment. Depiction? Depiction, sorry, of our prayer life. 100%. Right there. God, can you grant me what I want? Whatever I want. Whatever I'm asking of you, that's what I expect you to do. <laughs> That's how we see Jesus. (laughs) However, Jesus says to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. (laughs) Be careful what you ask for. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, here's the cocky arrogance of everybody, we are able because <laughs> we think we can do it all. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the ba- with baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left hand is not mine to grant, but for those whom it has been prepared. Mm. And when the 10 heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. So mm. Here's two asking the question. The other 10 are mad. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And Jesus called them and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. 
but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That's it right there. Those two verses are the core of what we of what we're talking about, what servant leadership looks like. But it's funny, you come, you come, you know, after such a tense moment and, and such a predictive moment and detailed moment that Jesus is giving his death, and here they come and just totally just bring out this awkward question, right? Like just just no sensitivity whatsoever, right? But again, that shows the their their uh understanding of uh, or their their lack of understanding, first and foremost, but what what is surrounding them, the tension, right? The king is coming. So they're, they're, he's coming to get his throne. And so this is like a power play. James and John is coming to Jesus, and they're saying, hey, man, he's getting ready to establish his kingdom, so why don't we take first dibs right now? Before this thing even happens, let's beat the other ten. And let's take dibs. Let's let's make it a power play. Well, it, our mother will be involved in this. So realize that James and John are, are Jesus's cousins. So their mother is is Jesus's aunt. And so right off the bat, there is this like family line of like lineage, right? And we know back then lineage was important, right? They were if they were going to be the people to take. Uh, the rightful heir uh, or be in this throne seat, it would be them. The likelihood would be them because they are related. They're a family. But here they are trying to like, and, and the disciples aren't necessarily mad at them. They're, they're mad that, hey, man, these guys beat us to the punch. They beat us and in, 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 in they, they went right ahead and, and, and asked this question. They beat us to the punch. And now we're, we're, we're upset about that. We're upset. Because they're they're just they're indignant. They're they don't understand. You know they're coming in so aggressively in this, and and here they make this big request that they don't even know what they're asking for. <laughs> but Jesus tells them, "Listen, you will drink from this cup, and the cup at that time signified like the the wrath of God. You know, and and so you are you are going to." To do this, and if we know anything of, of the history of these disciples, is that James becomes one of the first martyrs for Jesus, and John becomes an outcast, right? Um, and and he goes through his persecutions as well. And so Jesus did say, "Hey, yeah, yeah, you will drink from this, but I can't give you. Uh, it's it's on God's hands. Who's on my left and who's on my right?" I told you I watched the first three episodes of season four of The Chosen. And they they are setting this up, so are I they? can't wait to go watch the next few episodes because they start playing with it. Where James and John are with their mom, and they're having a conversation in their house, and she's like, "You need to go ask him." And so throughout wow. the episodes, they're kind of like in the corner, like, "Hey, is now a good time? <laughs> now should you ask him?" So they're doing such a great job of setting that up, and I love wow. uh, as as you said the the perspective in the passage of the disciples are mad they got beat to the punch. They're not mad at the question because they don't even know the answer, right? Yeah. It's not as if they all have it figured out. So they're not mad at them going, how could you ask this question? Yeah. You know what the real answer is. That's how I think we perceive the passage to be. Yeah. But the, the reality is 
They're mad because everyone wanted to be in the right seat. This is no different than my daughter just turned 11 on Monday. Yeah. And so uh, when we took her out for her birthday, school were closed. It's President's Day. All of a sudden, I jump into our vehicle, and she's sitting next to me, and my wife's in the back seat. And I look at her I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I called shotgun. It's my birthday. I get to sit here today, <laughs> right? So this starts at a young age. We want the right seat. And this is kind of James and John calling shotgun, right? If you're going to sit on the throne in your glory, we want to be at the ones at the right and the left of you. And this is no different than all of us. Yeah. We all have this desire inside to be elevated and to be recognized by yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And some of us have this thought, if I am a martyr or I sacrifice in this life, as we've d talked about, then I better gain something in the life to come, life eternally. So this is where the wrong theology about mansions in heaven and streets of gold and jewels in your crown all come into play because we always are attaching, if I do something here that I feel less than or I have to give up, I have to gain it later. Yeah, it's yeah. wired inside of all of us. And so when you lead with, you are not a leader to everyone in the room at Genesis Church or for those on the podcast, you're, you're setting everybody up. Yeah. Right? Like, so you kind of you kind of smacked everybody and made everybody kind of sit back like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. Because some people think they are. We, we have captains of sports teams in our in our church. We have coaches. We have high caliber business leaders. Uh, we have managers. We have teachers. We have principals. Yeah. We have doctors who all assume I'm a leader. Yeah. Maybe by the standards around you, but you had a different standard yeah. as to what a leader was going to be. Yeah. And, 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 and pay attention to Jesus's response too, man. Like he's, he doesn't rebuke them for asking the question. Right, even in even that you just disregarded my entire suffering, like I, I know at least for me, if I'm going to go through something and you have no heart behind it, I'm like, dang, you know, he had no, uh, he didn't rebuke them, he didn't rebuke them for their desire to be significant and to be great, and like you said, there is a deep desire within all of us to want a life that is significant and great, but Jesus had to flip the script on what their interpretation was on significance and greatness and what that looks like in the kingdom of God. And that's where we see Jesus's response in, um, in verses 42 and 43. And Jesus called them over and he, and he said, listen, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles uh, lord it over them, right? And so we're looking at Mark's text, and he's writing through this perspective, who are the Gentile leaders at that time, right? It's Herod and Pilate. And so he's bringing the perspective of, you know these certain leaders, right? And, and you know that they're, they're, the way that they exercise their authority upon you. It's they, they want to showcase that they're a leader. And how are they doing that? By, by, by executing authority over you. What do we know about Herod? What do we know about Pilate? Both of these individuals as leaders were, were in tough moments in their leadership, but they allowed outside 
sources. They allowed uh, crowds. To, they allowed certain people to 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 infiltrate their integrity to the point that it's like I have to please these people. And and we see that with King Herod as he's in in the party and is and is and he he's he marries he mar- uh, he marries his brother's wife and then his her that daughter is dancing before him and all of a sudden he say tells her hey i need you to make uh what what would you like i'll give you up to half of the kingdom and she says i want john the baptist's head on a platter that's what the mom wanted the daughter to ask and so she and when he, when she says that he uh, he sobers up. Why? Because he liked he liked John the Baptist. He knew John the Baptist didn't agree with his uh, relational status and what he was doing, but he still liked the way that he approached God's word, and so it broke him. But because he had to show that he was a leader. Right, he had to fulfill that commitment. He had to fulfill that. He had he he his integrity went out the window, in order to show that he was a that 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 he was a leader, and the same for for Pilate. Pilate didn't want to execute Jesus. He found no wrong in him, but as the crowds kept pushing him and 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 wanting him to to make a decision, there there he's feeling this pressure. And they're saying, hey, if you don't fulfill this, then you are no friend of Caesar. You are no friend of Caesar. And so here he is now confronted with his, uh, uh, with his integrity. And now my position matters more than my integrity. And here is, here's Pilate now saying, I'm washing my hands. You guys take this. I want nothing to do with it. It's a, it's a, it they, they sh- but they show themselves as leaders by pleasing others fascinated by the reality and maybe I didn't just hone in on it until Mark said it a few weeks back and and you know as you brought the attention to it that the two prominent leaders of this time in this place also are the ones who killed the two prominent leaders of faith wow right you have Herod and Pilate who kills John the Baptist the forerunner of the one to come, Pilate who has Jesus crucified. And just that reality, as you said, of this is why we hate politics because people use their title and their authority and they eventually cave under pressure because this is a political year, 2024, probably going to be more, more intense than ever before because the hatred and the division and and the, the language, and, and it's so just disgusting. And yet, promises will be made that won't be kept because ultimately they will want, want to keep their power, and so they will cave to other politicians around them yeah. to keep certain seats and certain cabinets, and we see this time and time again. And Jesus turned around, and he told them, he said, if you want to be great, so the the, the beauty of this is that Jesus actually says you can be great. Yes. But you must be a servant first. Yeah. And so you, who had originally said you are not a leader, came back and you said you'll never be a leader for Jesus until you're ready to commit to become a servant. Yes. And so the whole concept of servant leadership yeah. 
we think as leaders, we have to stay in our authority, stay in our position and everything else is below us. And so our job is just to delegate and to show our authority so that we gain our prominence by how big our team is, how big our staff is, how big uh, our production line is. But Jesus says, listen, if you actually want to be great, it is not the way the systems of the world work for leadership. It is servant leadership. Yeah, it is. It is. Rulers are ruled by their desire to be seen as rulers. We, if if it, it, it what I one of the things that I that I mentioned here is is Jesus is man he's he's teaching that his disciples that true impact comes not by lording it over people but meeting them right where they are, and and that's the beauty of servant leadership. Jesus used his power for the powerless. He used it to to to, to he exercised his power to those that were weak. Right. And, and, and he served them and he made that statement and said, listen, anybody that wants to be a leader must be a servant, must be last. And, and listen, this doesn't happen by accident. You know, we all have a fire in our bones to be a leader and to make a difference. And that's not a moral flaw to us, but it's a divine impulse put there by the creator who wants us to be change agents to the world. And that's where we're going to make our impact. And so I talked about having leadership that direct you requires you to direct your energy and ability towards two certain things that really stood out for me. And that was a posture of the heart and a posture of the hands. And, 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 and it was, it was, it was just, again, it's been, as I said earlier, this, this has been a really challenging message for me to put together, but I, I really, as the more that I've continued to develop it, it's become challenging because it is revealed a lot in my life. And, and for me, you know, being fully transparent, I've struggled with that. I've struggled with the meaning of true leadership. I've, you know, and, and, and for me, this hits home differently. And, and, and as I was getting in the beginning stages of preparing this word, I was trying to neglect my, my, I was trying to put away my life out of this. And God's like, no, I need, I, I want you to showcase your life through this because this is, this is, this is hitting home. This is exactly what I want you to do. People need to see your heart. They need to understand that. And so, um, the posture of the heart, man, it's, it's, it's about having a humble heart, humble heart. It's accepting that I, I can't do this alone. The reality is it, it's, it's not it's not me, it's we, right? What is, a, what is a devotion here at Genesis that we use? Together we can do what none of us can do alone. The impact is great when we are together. And our culture right now is teaching individualism. It's teaching, you know, that you do you. It's, it's what you want to do. Focus on yourself. And, and listen, self-made people just don't exist. They just don't. And in this business of what we do, and in life in general, you're going to need people. Your success will need people. I, 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 I joked around this, this particular quote by Zig Ziglar, but he said, you, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough people, help enough people get what they want. <laughs> you know? And Philippians 2.3 talks about that. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. 
I mean, this is the servant heart that God is wanting us to to gravitate to. In our current culture, as you said, it has been Western America since the day it was probably founded. Yeah. It is individualistic. It is. Which is a culture that drives us to believe and think we have accomplished it. Yeah. So let's be really clear because you just said something that I think is very important. You do you is not found in the Bible. Yeah. But that's become a mantra of society. You do you. I'll do me. As if somehow that makes any sense. And COVID didn't help. Right? And that's where people have landed. Yeah. I don't need to worry about you. I just need to worry about me. That's not leadership. And so, therefore, we have to realize that servant leadership takes us into the lives of people. Mark had said in his book, Quest 52, if you have a fire in your bones to be a leader, to make a difference, to find significance, that is not a moral flaw. Rather, it's a divine impulse put there by a creator who wants you to be a change agent in his world. That is every follower of Jesus. That is the desire. When he says, go make disciples, it is to be a change agent in this world. So therefore you are being called to lead at some capacity as a mom in your home, as a dad to your family, maybe as a captain to your team, as a leader in the classroom, whatever that looks like in whatever sphere of life that you are in, you're being called to that. He says, Jesus told them how to be great. Mark that well. Like, let's, let's pay attention to that. God wants you to be great. He even explained how and then immediately modeled it. Yeah. So as you said, we've talked about foot washing. Uh, Paul says in Philippians, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking you're better than yourselves. By life verse, 1 Peter 5, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. And he will lift you up in due time. Time and time again, this is the way of the scriptures. If not, we are no different than Israel. Because Deuteronomy chapter 8, God told Israel, when you go into the promised land and your houses get big and your herds and land and your produce multiply, what will you tend to do? You will tend to say, by my might, by my strength, by my hands. And he says, let me remind you, It was I who brought you out of Egypt. It was I who brought you through the Red Sea. It was I who led you all this way and gave you the promised land. Therefore, servant leadership is the the anti-leadership model of culture. Because it is all about, look what I did, look what I've done. And we struggle with this. Let's be honest, we struggle with this as pastors. Because it creeps into the church. And we have lived in a day and time with celebrity pastors. And therefore, Satan likes to whisper in your ear, oh, if you want to be a great pastor, then you have to do X, Y, Z. And people will come in the church and say, oh, we are, we, are, we, are, we are just looking for something new and fresh that isn't about a show and it's not about the, the, the guy. And yet these are the same people that watch all of the people on YouTube and their podcasts and their church services, even they don't attend their church as celebrity pastors, right? And so therefore Satan attacks us with that. Yeah. And we constantly, That's you and the I, model. we talk about how do we stay humble yeah. in the midst of what God is doing? And what we have to keep coming back to is what Jesus told them. Yeah. They asked a question everyone would have wanted to ask. 
the same question we all want to ask. Will you do whatever I ask you to do? He says, beware of what you ask for. You know, it's like the people who pray, God, stretch me today. God, give me patience. And then you're like, that's the worst prayer you could ever pray. Because then (laughs) he's like, be careful what you got. However, I want to be a leader. I want to have influence. And then he says, okay, are you willing to serve? And so you said, it's the posture of your heart, yes. but it's also the posture of your hands. Yes. And that was beautiful because some people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know my heart is supposed to be aligned with Jesus, but let's really talk about how I'm going to play this out. And the posture of the hands, I believe, is the posture of the heart is you being bent towards yeah. what Jesus is trying to teach you and show you. Yeah. But the posture of your hands is how you walk this out. And the way of the Messiah is not just about learning about Jesus. Yeah. It's about walking out the way of Jesus. Yeah. Like I, I said earlier, Jesus ex, 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 uh, showcased his power to the powerless. Right? And he wasn't a dictator. He wasn't heavy-handed as a leader because those types of leaders intimidate people. Right? But Jesus was different. People flocked to hear him because in his presence, they felt seen, they felt known, and they felt valued and loved. I think about and the analogy, and, and I've, I've seen this before, but every time I correct my children, I go down on one knee and I meet them at the same level. Why? Studies show, and I was, I was, I was reading this, I said, man, how do, why does this have such a profound impact? Because... When you're at the same physical level as a child, you, you help them feel safer. You help them feel more in control. You help them feel connected to you. And now I have your attention. I'm not lording it over you and above you. I'm at your level. I want you to understand that. And so when I immediately thought about that, I thought about Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, right? As he's getting down physically into, into one knee, he's now at their level saying, I'm with you here. I'm not lording it above you. I'm washing your feet. And that, to us, is one of the greatest depictions of servant leadership. But there's so much more to that, right, than just washing the feet. It's being at the eye level and saying, I'm here with you, man. I'm, I'm wiping away your life clean. And that's the beauty of it, man. And with the posture of your hands, what are you doing for God, right? It's, it's, it's a willingness and an openness to your life. That's what it is, man. It Hands, many times in Scripture, represents human action, right? And so it, it, it symbolizes an ex, uh, the execution of our plans, our work, and our deeds. Even Ecclesiastics 9.10 talks about that. But it also, the work of our hands can signify the impact of what we have in our community, in our world, around us, and the quality of our life. And so I thought to myself, man, in my personal life, what has been the one thing that I have said, God, and I've given him, it's, 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 my, it's me. It's, it's, it's hands wide open. I've heard it said the best ability is availability. And, and, and that is what God is looking for. Information won't lead to transformation. Practice does. Practice what I do. Jesus is telling his disciples, do what I have done. Receive this information, but if you don't do it, how is, the, how is it coming to life, right? And so your greatest message sometimes won't have any words attached to it. It can be you using your hands, opening your hands to God 
And for many of us, and, and on Sunday, I use different postures of hands and what that can symbolize. But for us, do we have open hands before God saying, here I am, Lord, send me. I may not be the most talented. I may not be the most gifted. I may not be the best speaker, but I'm available to you here. What can you do with these hands? And that is what Jesus was really piercing in me because that's my story, man. That is my story. I'm not the most skilled. I'm not the most qualified. I don't have this or that that many of you guys do, and I, and I kudos you guys to that. But my life has always been a life of, here I am, God. I'm open to whatever you want. And since I was 15 years old, that has been the posture of my life. God, use me for whatever you want. You know my desire. I want to be significant. I want to be great, just like James and John. But I want to be available first. And for many of us, I think we get it upside down. We, we get it flipped around. I want to be significant and great. Then maybe I can be available. No, God wants you available now with what you have, who you're with, where you're surrounded, and then I'll make you great and I'll make you significant in this world. But I want to see that I can rely on you. I can use you. You are available to me because the best ability is availability, and that is what God is looking for here. And, and, and man, I, I love it. I love the quote that says, hard work trumps talent when talent doesn't work hard. And, and like, that's and, and that's been the model of my life. It's like, yeah, listen, listen, uh, works don't get you anything. And, and I've been slapped around with that throughout my life because yeah, you know, I, I, you know, with my background in bodybuilding and everything, I've had to outwork people. And that's the model that I've referenced to. I've had deficiencies and flaws with my life. I didn't have my dad. So the lessons I needed to learn were either through trial and error so it set me back or it set me forward. But I, I always was oh, had to just work hard. I had to work double than a normal person would to, 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 to accomplish things. We live in a generation where people want the title and the position before they're willing to put in the work. Yeah, man. And we are seeing this everywhere. And you could say it's kind of been that way, but it, it just seems now more than ever. It's a, it's, a, it's a society that is uh, demanding that they are owed something yeah. before they have worked for something. And we know, you know that it has taken a lot of hard work. We are not where we want to be. We are lifelong learners of Jesus. Our leadership will grow as we grow in Jesus. Yeah. However, we also know that we have done whatever it takes from day one. I can tell you stories of sleeping on gym floors and sleeping bags with, you know, it, because of camps or retreats, because you're just wanting other students to hear about Jesus. I can tell you that at my first internship here in Orlando was $125 a week and 150 bucks a month went to rent at the house that I was at. So I walked away with 150 bucks in my pocket for the whole month, food, groceries, gas, whatever. But I was willing to do that, right? So it was it was never the title first and the position, and yet the amount of people that come along and say, "Well, I need this much money. I'm looking for a job that starts me at this," instead of coming in with a heart to serve, and our own staff and team here. Not that we don't take care of everyone well, but we 
have brought in and elevated those who have shown us a willingness to have a servant heart and a servant attitude before the title and position may be given. And in your own life, as you shared on Sunday, it was awesome because the whole, like what you do with your hands, some of you, 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 you hammer stuff with your hands. Some of you, 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 you have great penmanship. And so you're a teacher. Some of you, your hands are very meticulous. So you're a doctor. So some of you, your hands are, are strong. And, and so therefore you, you build things. Some of you, your hands allow you to shoot a basketball or throw a baseball or, you know, to, to serve a volleyball. What it's what you do with your hands. And the beginning of your story is my hands played a guitar. And I just started playing guitar and singing and worshiping God long before Genesis Church ever came into your life, long before that, while I was doing something else. So the beauty in kind of how it was displayed and and, and understood is that it wasn't, oh, here's my hands and God, I I become the best servant leader when when I become a pastor on staff at a church, right? And you're, you're, you're clear with that. It's... God, wherever I am, whatever my hands do, they're available to you for you to exalt and use how you choose. That's the difference. And so you have the disciples going, can we sit at your left and right? He's like, you don't quite know what you're asking for. What I'm looking for is, are you willing to be a servant and let your hands be used? Because when I'm gone, they're going to be used for my glory. And you don't know what you're asking for because it's going to lead you to places, as you said, you're not expecting. And I want to know, are they still available through it all, the good and the bad, right? They saw people's lives change forever, transformed, healings, the Holy Spirit coming in Acts chapter 2. And at the same time, their lives would be given up and sacrificed for this. And so when you said you will never be a leader for Jesus until you're ready to become a servant, that is powerful. That is strong. And you ended ended with this, like... um, digital moving picture or whatever of, of a cross Yeah. for those who, who weren't with us on Sunday, kind yeah. of explain it. Cause I think that just powerfully kind of brought a stamp to everything that was happening. I wanted a visual aid because of what I love. I love to target different areas of learning for people. Those that are, are more of a audible uh, type, those that are visual. Um, I want to make sure I'm hitting all aspects. And so as I was like, Lord, what, you know, what servant leadership, just keep revealing that to me. And, and, and as, and as I, I started just thinking through that, man, like I, it, it, it led me to the cross. Right. Um, and, and, and for us as servant leaders, our number one priority is to make sure that our love and obedience is towards God. So what is that? What direction is that? Right. That's an, that's an upward direction, but servant leadership commands also a horizontal direction. And that is humility, humility, service, love towards others that are around us. And what does that create? It creates the cross. And the cross is the beginning and the end of everything we do. And that is the model and that is it. And, as, and, 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 and listen to this, listen to this. James and John didn't even, Jesus couldn't tell them who would be in their left and right but when Jesus died, who was in his left and right? Right? Prisoners. People that nobody wanted. 
we get to see on his left and his right who's crucified with him, right? And, and, and it may not depict that specific analogy, but here, those that are on my left and right are up to God. It's, it's these people here that God, one of them accepted me, one of them didn't. He's coming to paradise with me. But God gets to choose that. You don't. And this is, this is the cup that we're going to bear. Are you ready to take that upon yourself? You know? And so the cross of Jesus, man, is not merely what he did for us. It's the model of the life he demands of us. This is what he demands from us. It's the, a, a cross-focused life that says, God, I'm centered and I'm focused towards you. And God, I'm also extended and my hands are out for everyone else that's out there. That's the cross, man. That is everything the cross symbolizes, servant leadership. Johnny Fuego, for the man who, when he switches sides of the table, <laughs> changes his posture just a little bit. The reason that you are over there today is because you are growing in your leadership. And what is beautiful about the podcast we get to do yeah. is that for over a year, our listeners and our subscribers and our viewers and all the people that are in touch with what we're doing and have been walking this adventure with us have also been able to experience the growth we're receiving that we're learning that we're discovering. Yeah. It's hopefully on display. We don't want this podcast to come across as if we have the final answer to it all. And we are mightier and holier than all of thou who listens and watches. No. And what we want you to know is that this is a resource. And as we're learning and growing, we are going to share with you as much as we possibly can because we want you to learn and grow as well. Yeah. We want the same for you that we want for our own lives. And the beauty of today is that everything you said you are, I testify to that. You are a servant leader who is willing to learn and to grow and to allow God to use you. And that is why God now has you where he does. Because at 15, how old are you now? 39. 39 years old. One more year, then Life is over. everything changes. Mr. Weightlifter. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, what, what, what are we at? 35, so 20 years yeah. of here's my hands that can play a guitar. Here's my mouth that can sing a song, however you want to use it. Never, never a job, never paid for. That wasn't the end goal for you. No. But God said, okay, I took you through that season, teach you a lot. Now I'm going to elevate you, but I want you to remember all of it to teach others. Yeah. Right. And that's what you're doing. So and kudos to you for that. Yeah. And right? that's why this, this prep was difficult because it, 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 it took me back to that. Yeah. So, uh, we need a let's go moment and that's all on you because you're on the side without the cup holder. Yeah, no, no, totally, so totally. Bring me the full let's go moment. Listen, man, the let's go moment this week is this, man. We have the 1-4 challenge. And the 1-4 challenge is basically here at Genesis Church, we are, we are raising the bar for our, our people saying, listen, you have influence, you have impact. We want you to use that. And we want you to go ahead and affect four different people that are around you in a conversation, in, um, at work, wherever it may be. We want you to bring them. And my challenge to you guys is to really begin to mark your territory 
as to who that those four people are. And we got we got Easter services coming March 31st. We invite you guys to that over in East Orlando. You can check it out at genesischurchorlando.com. This is the opportunity for you guys to model servant leadership, put yourself last, put someone else first, and allow God to do a transformative work. The greatest lessons in my life and the greatest boosts of faith in my life always came when I saw someone's life changed because of my obedience, because I took a step of faith. There's nothing else that elevates my faith other than the word of God. Like that's, dude, like it's massive. And for someone that's just feels stuck in their faith and they're not growing, why don't you go share your testimony to somebody and see how much that elevates you and takes you to the next level because it's, it's powerful, man. So my challenge to everybody, share the gospel, share the word, share your story. Your story is your story and God's giving you that and that is your ammo, that is your weapon. Use it and use it, use it confidently, boldly and share it, man. Share it with the love of God and I'm telling you people, they're, they're coming, they will come because we talked about that last week, curiosity. It's, it's, it's a powerful thing. When people see your life in display, they hear your words, curiosity. You are planting seeds. Curiosity is taking place. They will come, and God will open up that door for you. Season two, episode eight, the Jesus model of leadership is in the books. In the books. And I would tell you, although it's in the books, it is something that needs to be repeated over and over again uh, for you to become great. Yes. Scriptures say he wants you to become great, and there's a way in which he told you you can become great. And so that is a wrap on this episode. I was your host for the day. That makes this the greatest episode we have done so far this year because <laughs> I got to sit on this side of the table. No, just joking. For all of you that are watching or those that are subscribing, uh, we want to continue to remind you that you can follow us on all of our social media accounts. But the most important thing you can do the most important thing you can do is hit that review button on Spotify and iTunes. And uh, for those of you that say I'm technically challenged, it's not that hard. There's a little button that says review. You just click it, you hit it, you give us a rating. That allows us to become more searchable so that other people can find this podcast, listen to it, learn and grow just as you have done. So for all those that have listened, watched and learned this week, we can't wait to have you back next week on the podcast. But for all of you today, grace and peace. May God be with you. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.